Welcome aboard the Gamership. I'm your host, Captain Z. I'm Andy. I'm Brian. John. Paul. And today's episode is Tabletop Games, Then and Now. We're going to talk about the evolution of tabletop games, how these fine gentlemen here got started with their tabletop experiences, and just kind of discuss the differences between the, um, I guess, the old school and the new hotness, right? Absolutely. So, I guess let's just uh, start. How did you guys first get into tabletop games? Share, share some of your experiences with me. I, my, my older brother, who's about three years older than me, this is in like in the you know, mid to late 80s, bought a copy of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. I think that's how a lot of people got into, into role-playing games was through Dungeons & Dragons D&D. Um, that wasn't like the first edition, but it was like it was like the third one I think they'd made. And I was just you know whatever like a ten year old or an eight or nine year old. I just I remember just you know laying around the house looking through the the book, the game master's guide, the player's guide, all that, and just like marveling at the pictures. And a lot of it was just over my head, like all the different tables and things. I didn't understand the rules, but it was just like fascinating. It kind of drew you into this other other world, um, and just it was just like a a way to kind of set your imagination on fire as, as a kid um so that's kind of how i got first introduced to it i didn't really start playing role-playing games um regularly until i met john um and he was my guitar teacher when i was in high school and we were like we were in lessons for probably about a year before we started dancing around the idea that maybe we were both into gaming and at one point, someone dropped the name of a game, and he's like, "Oh, you you know that game?" And he's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, I I, I do that game." It's like it's like something you're like a little embarrassed to like admit, uh-huh. but once you admit it, like, "Oh wow!" And then we kind of just like uh, from then on, it was just we we played like basically every, every weekend, different kinds of games, not just Dungeons and Dragons. In fact, almost never Dungeons and Dragons. So a lot of different games. So that's kind of for me how it got started. Very nice. Yeah, similar for me, probably like late '80s. I'm like you know middle school. And, you know, got interested and had just some friends that had some books and whatnot. But it was at that point, same thing. We were drawing pictures of our characters, spending a lot more time drawing pictures of our characters and, you know, painting little what we called lead men, those little, you know, figurines or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it didn't turn into same as Andy, even just looking at the rules and the dice and blah, 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 until later than that. You know, we, I, th- I think we might have tried, but we didn't know <laughs> what we were doing. Too young, but it was just, yeah, the fantasy part of it is, you know, that time period, there was much less media. There was just, you know, video games were little, you know, 8 to 16 bit, like, things, blah, blah, blah. It was just, there was a magical, you know, aspect of it that was just... That's what drew me in, but it wasn't. Again, I didn't really role play or you know do a whole lot of regular gaming until I met John, and we started gaming. So how did the man get started? That's that's cool, man. I never knew that. I never yeah. knew you had any kind of history before coming over to my house. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about. I must have started doing this about forty years ago. <laughs> Um, yeah Yeah. that's what it was i was in about fourth grade i think and uh kid down the street who was a year older than me got some D D book and all of a sudden we were playing we were playing this game and i instantly loved it went out got the books myself and was trying to also run games um yeah, uh, yeah. Through the years, we played a lot of different things. Uh, there were some dead spots in those forty years, but I would say most of them, I've been gaming with somebody. Yeah. And then, uh, how long we've we been doing the online thing, guys? Eleven, maybe eleven or twelve years or so. Really? You are you kidding I think, me? I think it is. Holy yeah. shit! Okay, I would have said that. I was going to guess like five, but I believe you. Uh, yeah, we get to get, yeah. yeah uh, it's uh, mutated into every week online now with, with these guys. We're all over the country, and it's great. 
my it's favorite. Awesome that you guys stick together. Usually. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's like our it's our poker night. Wednesday yeah. night poker nights is what it is has become for us. I think for me, my uh, as a kid growing up in a small town in Arkansas, my first tabletop game was Clue. And when the movie Clue came out, I could not have been more excited. I thought there was something made for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But in terms of like, uh, you know, role playing games, I had a friend down the street who uh, <laughs> he had the book. I guess it was advanced D&D. I'm not sure. And all he knew how to do was character creation. So we spent like two days creating characters and he never ran a campaign or anything. I was like, this is the worst thing ever. It's just <laughs> designing a character. And then now I'm this character with a, a battle ax. This is horrible. So I didn't really do anything for a while because it left a bad taste in my mouth. And then um, a few, uh, years later, a friend of mine got into, do you remember EverQuest? Yeah, I, yep. I played it. Yeah. EverQuest was a great game. Like when it came around, it was like kind of what we're into now—the integration of like technology and role-playing games, where uh, you could be a character. Um, you had this open world where you could make all these choices and decisions, and that like really changed my perspective of that. And then I met Andy living overseas, and uh, he's like, "Hey, you guys, we should play this game uh, called Warhammer." Like, I don't know what that is. And he's like, oh, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And we were just made fun of him because we didn't really know what to expect. We're like, oh, so we're going to have to worship Satan and talk in funny voices. And uh, yeah, that wasn't the I case said, at all. I said yes. I said yes. <laughs> Turns out that's the case. Um, <laughs> never looked back. No, but that, that's kind of how we got on, on, on board. And then, uh, and then Andy pulled me into this uh, in the John's diabolical mind. And we've been gaming all these years. So that, yeah. Cool, cool. Do you guys take turns um, with being like um, dungeon master, or do you rotate that, or how does that work? It rotates for sure, and it's like <laughs> for a whole lot of my career, John was a dungeon master. Period. It's just he has always been great at it. And one of the cool things about role this type of tabletop role playing gaming is how. It doesn't matter what's pre-created, a campaign of a certain system, a Dungeons and Dragons, Cthulhu, whatever it is, there may be a campaign that's basically like an outline, but the person who runs it and then the players and what they do and the decisions they make turn it into something that is not recreated anywhere else by anyone else. It's just a one-time experience that is completely unique. There's no, let's start, let's try that chapter over again, you know, like a video game. It's just, you, you fuck up, you fucked up. That's, you know, part of your experience and you make out of it what you can, but he's always been so good at playing those characters, putting himself in the mind of non-player characters that he's got to control this whole world. So he's done a lot of it. There's certain games, there's at least one game that he created, actually, and I loved it so much, and it completely changed my experience with this type of gaming and made it so that, yes, I want to be doing this every month for a long time, every week, whenever I can, because it's just so much fun, so funny, and, you know, just hanging out with our friends or whatever, that I got into trying to run it myself. And then Andy is also a game creator and has just brought lots of games that he just finds out about and thinks, that's cool, let's try this out. There's so many different types, so it kind of rotates, basically. Yeah, we, yeah we... I, I, I will add, though, that these guys definitely do that. I don't game master. I, I don't you do did. a lot of that. You, for, did. For, you did once, though. I did once. It didn't go that well. It went fine. <laughs> yes, it but, did. But, it was but great. I, was, I do want to say for your, for your listeners out there who might have some trepidation, find a cool crew of people who enjoy doing this and don't feel awkward about, like, trying it out. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it's a really fun adventure, and you don't have to be the one who knows everything, and you don't have to be the person who goes the deepest, because I'm definitely that person for our crew. And I, I have a, a blast. <laughs> if you show up with a, a great attitude and try and have fun with it, then people appreciate it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage anybody who's listening who hasn't tried some type of, like, role-playing game to, like, get in with a with a crew who like is willing to to have fun with you sorry john you were you were saying oh that's great everything you said is great yeah Uh, getting a good group is is important for all of this uh you can have a wildly different experience with with an rpg 
It's not like a yes. board game. If if you read the rules to a board game and you follow the rules, it's pretty much going to be a certain way. But man, we I know we all have had terrible waste of time experiences doing this and great experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's it's usually just dependent on the people and how you get along and what you think is fun. Some people have a completely different idea of what's fun. Yep. They're out of their minds they're they're wrong did i say that they're wrong (laughs) since you brought up um since you mentioned board games there was um something i wanted to ask you guys because i I guess it depends on who you ask um some people find that tabletop games are in the category of board games i find that the experience of um of a tabletop game is is much different and i think it demands its own category so do you guys feel like it's the rp element that makes it unique and and, and is therefore different from a lot of your standard board games you know what i mean like i don't want to throw i don't want to throw this type of thing next to like monopoly or some shit you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> it's clearly oh. like a very different experience mm-hmm. yeah um what were your thoughts on that anyone well i'll uh, say real quick there are board games that come kind of close with mm-hmm. how complex they are anymore there's, there's definitely board games these days yeah yeah one of the big things that is a difference between something like a tabletop game and a role-playing game that isn't as much about what you're doing well i guess it, it is entirely what you're doing but is what i said where a, a tabletop like normal tabletop game is made to play over and over again it's got a set of mechanics and you know, objective and feeling of triumph or whatever that you're that you're going for that you could you're play talking, over you're talking and over. A, and you're over. talking a board game, a board board game. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where an RPG is like, yeah, you might play the same Cthulhu, Lovecraft type stuff. You might play that system and be in that world forever. You might do your whole career playing one game, but it's going to be just different, completely different campaigns. Almost like you're watching a different movie every time compared to literally playing the same game over and over and over again. Andy, you you sounded, it looks like you were about to jump in a few minutes ago. You've been kind of quiet. You got got something for me? I don't think he should talk. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, Yeah, I, I don't in my mind, um, I mean, in terms of like marketing, yeah, these are diff- these are distinct things, but there is overlap, right? I think the important thing for role playing games is that you've got a group of people that are that are co-authoring a story, right? It's it's cooperative storytelling. So yes, there's a game master, um, and he or she's, you know, in in some games guiding the world. Other other games, the game master plays a different role, and then there are players that are embodying a character, right? And they're they're playing in that world. So you're like together creating a story together. Um, there's nothing that says a board game can't do that. Mm. Um, there are, there are like Brian saying, there are, there are board games that, that have gotten closer and closer to that. So I'm thinking of like, we recently played a game called Eldritch Horror, which, um, you know, I think we wouldn't define it as a role-playing game to be sure, but you, you play a character or, or multiple characters. And so in that way, you're playing a role and that game can differ from game to game, you know, but it, um, it's it's not full on role playing in the sense that um, you are um, kind of playing to find out what happens in the same open ended way as you might with a with a role playing game like Call of Cthulhu, where you're playing a character as well, but the the world is much more open to you. Um, you can kind of do whatever you want um, within the bounds of reason. And you're not as you're not as bound by like um, the the more kind of stricter mechanics of like a board game. I think of like Gloomhaven as well, which is a very popular board game, where you're also you know embodying characters. A lot of it's just kind of like fighting in dungeons, that kind of a thing. So the the lines are a little bit blurry in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to understand with role playing games that you are all working together to tell a story, and that's probably one of the foundational things that that unites all of role-playing games, I would say. Um, and there's a, a huge diversity of role-playing games nowadays. Um, you know, they began with Dungeons & Dragons, and there's a lot of games like Dungeons & Dragons, but there's, an, there's a really big indie scene as well. And 
the kind of games you can play are uh, the themes, the mechanics, the whole approach to it is just it's just keeps evolving and it's really diverse now. <clears throat> That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, back in the '80s, I never would have dreamed in a million years that this hobby, this industry, would be like it is. If I could just it's build too on what these guys are saying, that like historically, like like I think of role playing games as these two tracks. You have you have the um, you have the improv element, and then you have the sort of mechanical element. And this mechanical element comes from classic warfare gaming that dates back. There's rec records to what we call India now in the sixth century, and all the way up through what we think of as chess, you know, uh, today. So there's these hardened rules that you have to follow. But then there's this other world of imp improvisation that comes out of, I mean, there's record in like 18th century Italy, like Comedy dell'arte and these sorts of backgrounds and like parlor games are recorded in late 1800s in New York City. And so in, in the 70s, when D&D &D came, came out, there's like, yes, there's this world with these hard and fast rules, but there's also this improv element. And so what D&D &D and a lot of these, whether it's 007 and a lot of these like late 1970s, early 1980s games did is like you're actually in this world, this movie. You're you're playing a role uh, in in this book. And so, for example, like if you were to play chess, you can play chess from the mechanical warfare approach of chess. But now, when you introduce the role playing game element, like all of a sudden your knight has a name, and your knight is named Carl. And Carl can still only move two forward, <laughs> two spaces forward, and then one to the side. But what the decision Carl would make might not be to protect the queen because his loyalty is, is, to, is to the rook. I'm going to beat this metaphor to death. Stand back. And so, and so what happens is you have to like continue these the the role the rules of the game, but you you have to also be loyal and improvise the character that you are beholden to. And that to me is the thing that's exciting and separates role playing games from other 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 games, even more so than you could do. In a uh, in a in even like a modern uh, online gaming or, or or whatever PC gaming like the 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 in person or as we do it online uh, approach allows for a lot of creativity and improv. So I don't know those two tracks. So that military warfare and improvisation are what sort of define RPGs for me. We rarely call Paul his name. Paul his nickname is Dates because when he speaks, he just he just throws out dates. You know, you say <laughs> date the sixth century and the eighteenth century. I was about He's to call him the Professor, man. History and dates, so, so we that was a dates. sick history lesson right there. I think he actually did research. Yeah, that I was think very he's, impressive. He can't I never he's, got, he's got he's got post-its all around the, 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 the border <laughs> of his wander. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Role-playing games. Yeah, they're a mix of freedom and improv and rules, and different games have a different gradient different mix of those things right mm -hmm. and some people are all into one side of it other side or a certain other mix of it and i would say we what we we like a pretty healthy mix of rules and improv yeah i, say, I mean we're moving more and more towards almost entirely improv of course but yeah, I mean, not. when you when you look at some of the early D and D games, like it was what, it, like what year? What year was that? Nineteen seventy nine. I'm just picking a date out of my head. I'll say nineteen seventy nine. So in nineteen seventy nine, pre AD and D, uh, you get um, you know, it's like oh, I'm gonna attack this guy, and I hit him in the in the chest. Okay, so he loses so many points in his chest. Oh, I'm gonna hit him in the arm, and then he you lose so many points in the arm, and the mechanics get so laborious. And, you know, some people actually, like, really enjoy that. But for yep. us, and John has done a really good job of simplifying rules where you would still roll if you were to have some sort of physical conflict or, or a, a, a verbal conflict. And he, like, has figured out rules that allow a shortcut to cut to the chase of, like, okay, this is how it ends. You guys improv what, what the dice determined. And so we have to improv it out. So it's not just, like... Uh, a laborious uh, dice uh, laden sort of experience. Uh, we hmm. move towards uh, and, improv more. And I've done plenty of that in my life, by the way. I, I've had back in high school, we would play D&D &D and we would have fights. One fight that we would have to continue from week to week because it wouldn't be over. It would be this wow. mass <laughs> room with all these enemies and 
people mm-hmm. going down and it, and yeah we we loved it yeah. but we also we also didn't know any other way and we were kids so yeah. and there's nothing wrong with it. i mean a lot of people yeah. play those kind of games today play that way and they love it right because yeah. that, that's that's oh, what yeah. got to the wargaming history of the whole um the art form so it's like yeah i mean it's whatever you like and unfortunately i think in the gaming community there's like a ton of uh, strong feelings and sometimes animosity between people saying this is the way you should play this is the way you should play well you know the point of these games is to have fun so like whatever yeah. whatever, you, whatever you just gotta you just gotta find yeah. the people that like the way you want to play basically exactly and, and that's play, a huge that's thing with role playing is like is the buy-in aspect because if you sit down at a table together virtual or not you have to buy into the world you're creating and if that world is about dungeon crawls and then that's what you like. And if it's not, if your players don't like that or they want something else, then you either need a new group or you need to adapt to that. So it's really about like coming together and saying, let's play this kind of game. And it's not like the one's right or wrong. It's just what you like, you know? Right. And what Andy says is true in 2021, 2022, 2023, 20, like pick a year, any year. Thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> 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 oh man. All right. I, I was gonna. I mean, this might this might vary depending on like your your geographical location, but um, how I guess how common would you say some of these tabletop games are in stores, and what type of? I almost feel like I have no idea. I, I have no idea of even what to even search for. Like if I were to search for. Um, a store with tabletop games. Like, if I should search for just like tabletop store, tabletop gaming store, board game store, like, I, I find that um, maybe it varies. I, I don't know if you guys are kind of, you know, you said you're all spread out throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think there's a few, but I'm in a very high, high population area. So yep. I'm right next to like a big city. So I might be cheating with it. Um, is this becoming like a rarity for? Uh, you know, to hold true to the to the tabletop format of like physically, you know, being um, in person and with a board, or uh, would you say it's still going strong despite the fact that it's kind of you're, evolving into an online format? You're saying you're asking how much face to face RPG gaming is going on? Yeah, yeah. Like, how yeah. common is it still? Is it still going strong, or is are, are these stores hard to find even? Andy, maybe you should answer first. Well, I mean, it sounds like the the assumption in the question is that people are largely playing in person at stores, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't know, but um, I think people have like their home group where they will get together at someone's house, right? Yeah. And yeah, there there are games that happen at stores, but I think there's it's probably I, more common, at least the people I know. So yeah, well, that's on me because honestly, I. I phrased that that entire line of questioning really bad. So <laughs> let me let me clarify. Um, no, no, that's fine, man. It's fine. So, so to your so to your point, yeah, no, I wasn't. Um, although they do, there are stores that like hold these kind of get-together things, and they do do that. Mm-hmm. Um, more specifically, like, is it is it still common, or is it more rare to even just be able to walk into a store and buy these type of tabletop games, or even like the um um it is like figurine the right word like for the for your Mini- characters miniatures, yeah. miniatures yeah. thank you that's the word i was looking for sorry um yeah. exactly is this you know is it rare to find these type of things now um going into a store and buying them or is it still kind of going strong like the, you know they're around i i have a definite go. answer from from down here in jacksonville florida uh i've been pleasantly surprised by walking into bookstores down here and seeing huge sections of miniatures rpg books nice etc nice. uh sometimes fiction now the thing i the thing i'm not pleased about is if you go into a bookstore it's almost always D, mm. like 90 D, a little bit of pathfinder but never a cthulhu um or just anything different uh mm-hmm. but I'll take it's it's cool. I mean, D and D looks like they're putting out a lot of cool stuff and spreading the hobby around. 
And like I said, yeah, it never used to be like that. It used to be a small section in B. Dalton when I was, when I was growing up. And you could get books. Mm -hmm. And if you're lucky, you could get one or two types of dice. Oh, yeah, they have dice at these bookstores. It's crazy. Speaking and of dice, also, sorry, John, I got yeah. to throw in this joke real quick. Is anyone else kind of rolling the die on, on Paul's video? Where it's kind of, <laughs> it's either like... Oh, yeah. A blur oh, mess, yeah, or I can see his pristine stash, like every yeah, yeah, yeah every hair perfectly. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you what do you ask? Are wait, you who's, asking? Who's oh, oh, you mean you mean dates? Sorry, dates. Um, yeah, dates. dates. The historian. Oh, you, <laughs> are you referring to that he keeps freezing? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? This yeah. video is definitely going back. And it, forth. It's going in and out. And it's just amusing to me. I just want to make sure it wasn't just me. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't know. Everything seems great on my end, guys. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. <laughs> it's all the internet's fault. All right. Go ahead, John. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, man. Uh, what, what I, all I was saying is another thing I've been pleased with in Jacksonville is that I, there are at least three or four places that I know of that sell RPG products. Mm -hmm. And are constantly running games face to face with tables set aside. Uh, one of them is part board game, part RPG, and the other ones that I'm thinking of are bent more towards RPG. I think. Yeah, on, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, there's definitely game stores, and there's hybrid like comic books, big stores with comic books and collectible you know other types of action figures and da, 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 and they'll also have a huge rpg section hmm. so it's we we're not like right on the pulse probably of the in-person going and buying things i mean maybe john and paul or andy are just wanting to collect things or read books or whatever but just because we do it so much online i know i i would notice the stuff but i'm not going and looking for physical stuff at this point basically i'm not i'm not either it's it's yeah. there but i i do everything online yeah um i live in a smaller city it's about 150,000 people in ann arbor michigan and we have uh we have a game store kind of like what brian was describing where it's like a mix of comic books and novelties it has a ton of board games and it has a a a, a fairly large role-playing game section but it's, it's it's much smaller than the rest of the store i actually just bought a book there the other day just two days ago, about the Roman Empire. If what, what happens if the Roman Empire survived and it didn't collapse? Called Lex Arcana. Never heard of it before. That's that's the name of the game. Yeah, I never heard of it. And yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. It looked really cool. Um, and we have a game, a store in town, a Warhammer store, which is like a whole separate thing where it's a game built around miniatures and big battles and. And that's not as much role playing, but it's like more miniature and kind of hobby. Yeah. Uh, in my in my experience, these these places have had a resurgence in some way, but at, at the same time, it's been harder and harder for stores to exist just selling role playing games. Like that's a that's a very hard thing to survive doing. So they have to diversify. Have you know have comics, have board games, have other kinds of books, have novelties, have miniatures. So they All found the a way to survive. Stuff. Yeah, exactly, and other hobby things maybe. Um, so yeah, I, I remember when I was growing up in Pittsburgh, there was there was a store. I think it was in Squirrel Hill that had just role playing games largely. So, mm -hmm. but that I think that has kind of been disappearing. Um, but the other thing you need to be aware of is that a lot of people buy this stuff online through a place called Drive Through RPG, which is like the place to pick up, um, especially indie role playing games. Um, and people, you know, designers will often just create a game as a pdf there's no physical copy of it and you go online you buy the pdf you download it for whatever five or ten bucks and that's your game so that's a whole other area that has exploded in the past decade um that has really been driving a lot of the the, the independent game scene in role-playing games yeah, yeah i bought a ton of ton of pdfs off of there yeah and i'd say like i i really feel strongly that like in the next year or two, uh, 2022, 2023, these types of years. No, like, but I think out of the pandemic, um, I, I think we're gonna see some really cool uh, games coming out, whether they're RPGs or tabletop, a lot of online interface, I think is gonna start popping up. 
I think they're going to be on Kickstarter. But if you're looking for a place to, to start on like just following what's going on in terms of trends for tabletop games, I would start with BoardGameGeek.com. I'm over here in Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, BoardGameGeek.com is so hot. Like it basically like started with this guy who's super passionate about tabletop games. He's like he overfilled his storage, and then all of it started like having his friends come over and play, and then ultimately. Um, now just rinse out the entire like uh, like a level at a at a suite like, that would be rented for convention. It, it is. It's a huge convention now, and it's just a sea of gamers who are renting his personal games. So you go into a room, oh. you have your badge and everything, and then you can rent a game for X amount of hours. Then there's a flag on your table that you can raise if you like need somebody another player or you need somebody who can, has played it before who can walk you through a, a few rounds. Uh, they have games that are demoed, um, like that are on a separate section where they have some of the experts on the other side that are like giving away free samples of games or playing you playing new games to entice you to like maybe buy it the next year or something. Um, so yeah, boardgamegeek.com is like a it's a great resource and not just to be outdone by uh, Andy's purchase. I went I recently went and bought a pre Beanie Baby gun to bear uh that you can get online um so this is like a 1986 uh gun bear so that's gonna be an etsy purchase i'm probably gonna invest in some uh, role-playing games with that so uh i guess you're not the only one buying cool shit andy <laughs> all right <clears throat> yeah i can't match that i have not made any cool purchases lately no, me I should have. I should have brought my purchase game for this one. I did not. I ordered. You know, John was joking around like he had. Um, where did you get that pipe, John? Because I, I'm an old soul. I like to smoke tobacco out of a pipe. Someone, someone gave it to me for being in their wedding. Oh, nice. My, uh, oh. my cousin-in-law, I guess. Oh, they got they got married in Victorian London. Dalton, Dalton, you guys know Dalton. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys were bringing up um. Warhammer, and I have not played the actual board game, but the, um, I, I'm trying to actually describe what category the game falls under. It's definitely, um, at least a mixture of RTS with kind of like map strategy, but Total War Warhammer, I love the fuck out of that game. Um, hmm. the fantasy one, not like the weird, like, sci-fi one where you've got like orcs in like mer in yeah. like space 40, marine armor and shit like random shit like that i'm not i'm not about that but <laughs> but um yeah. i don't really no, think no, i I'm... added to this conversation i i just i just wanted to say something no, i wanted no, no, to no, contribute no, I... <laughs> I heard warhammer no, i was no, like no, hey, no, i know no, that no. fucking i know that title i'm gonna jump in here right no, quick no. you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> It, no, uh, I once played a Warhammer video game that sounds like it was similar, probably an earlier version of what you're talking about. Mm. And and what I was starting to talk about was they came out with a role-playing game that's pretty badass. And if you like the feel of that real-time strategy that you're talking about, their role-playing game, at least at one time, was killer. I, I didn't mm. really like that new version we played. But the but the one that I got back in the day that broke me out of D and D, it yeah. like showed it showed a way to do D and D that was uh, I don't know, it was deadlier and cooler. I'm a I'm a little I'm a little late for this contribution for when you guys were all sharing. Um, but before we kind of what before we um, go into kind of like you know the online format, do you guys remember? I, I'd say the closest thing to my first tabletop game was actually with my dad and he bought this game called hero quest you guys remember that at all i, I never had oh, yeah. it. i know of it Did it's like pre-made it? it's it, it, like yeah, it's got the pre-made stories and stuff it's not like yeah. you know from scratch thing but like that was probably the closest like when i was a little kid we played that game and it had some cool art like the cards and things that you got like as you're like um, you know, rewards and treasures and things. I thought it was pretty sweet. And I can't yep. remember the name of this one particular game, but um, it had, like, a legit map that you threw down. It was almost like a fucking blanket. 
like a map of um where you would have these um these miniatures that were like on these kind of like rectangular bases and battle masters yes i think that's what it was i think that's what it was it had yeah. like and you had like the castles and stuff where like yeah. you could put on yeah, yeah yeah that was some fun stuff right there too do you guys play it at that all that was amazing yeah, yeah, I don't know that. that was awesome. Those were the two from my childhood that I can that I can remember, and I think that's the closest I've gotten to um to like a formal tabletop, with, with the exception of the one time that we played, John. <laughs> yes, don't forget that. That was Matt, fun. Matt, that was here, Matt here played Call of Cthulhu with us once. Ah, nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Several sessions as I re- had to. Have oh, you know what? We played two. We played we played the Cthulhu one, and then we played another one where um. You kind of really? it, you had this big book of like pre-made characters, and you rolled a die, and that was your character that you picked. Or am I mixing the two? I could have sworn there was one. Ah, was it the same game? No, it couldn't be. Well, it couldn't be. It was, it was I, so different. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about there. I, I remember the Cthulhu thing. I remember I got some like cool like fucking like dwarf berserker motherfucker. I got like this. I rolled like the sweetest roll, and I got the most like badass thing in the book. And I was all, I was all hyped up because I'm like, "Fuck yeah, man! I'm gonna just crush things." Like a, but then like I learned troll, that. Like a, like, that sounds a like Warhammer. From Warhammer. Yeah, that have, sounds like. Yeah, it yeah. might have been. I don't, I don't recall. It's been, it's been a few years, but yeah. I mean, th- both those were pretty fun, though. Good time. Big time investment too. I was gonna say, here's one of my questions for you guys. What's the, what's the comparison between um, setting some something like this up online versus your your traditional format? Um, and let's just kind of like just jump into the whole online thing because there's a lot of questions I have just because I've never I've never done it. I've never experienced it. Um, are there any restrictions that you have with the online format? Like, is it do you have just have like a free for all and you can kind of shape it any way you you choose or are you kind of bound by like certain things versus you know the traditional like you got you know sheet of paper in front of you can do it the hell you want type deal well uh i'll say that we're we feel totally limited by the tools <laughs> that are out there only because right. you know of how much we're trying to do mm-hmm. but yep. um you know there's basically websites where you get a membership and then you can connect your friends you all get a member it's something like discord almost but you know the video windows would be over on one side and then you have it's basically a virtual tabletop so they give you a grid that you can change the size of you can put map images down you can have tokens and move around there's a die roller and there's you know chat window or video and voice you know whatever you want to do and that you know makes it so that they have some amount of the most standard games that every are the most popular are integrated into that website so that there's character sheets that will work with the die rollers and calculate things automatically based on what you roll and all this stuff where we we're anymore doing a lot of playing our own games that these guys have created and using a lot pushing the limits what we can do and you know i had no idea this was around for you said like 10 to 11 years they've had these online type formats. Here's yeah. another here's another question for you. What about you, what about you just have like the actual physical tabletop game and then you're on like just a video call? Does anyone like try that instead of going through like the um the website format? I suppose it's possible because we've seen um footage of a, a a group that you know what the heck was it it included um the one dude that he's famous he was on mad tv he does voices for like all cartoons and stuff and he was one of these like role-playing gamers and they were showing a camera overhead view of the table the literal tabletop mm-hmm. so there's probably ways that it could be done i don't know so much about it it's that would be a lot more limiting where everybody doesn't kind of have yeah. the same view of whatever you need yeah. to show for us a lot of times what we're showing is pictures just I, showing I, you know a description of a background or whatever yeah I, i'd like to say something about this subject um 
So I, for years and years, a Andy found out about the online way of gaming first, and he kept trying to talk me into it. And I kept saying, nah, nah that sucks. We, get, we, we can't, <laughs> we got to be sitting at a table together. I resisted, resisted, yeah. resisted. I, I, I can't remember how he finally got through to me to try it. But um, so I, I know that we push the limits by trying to create things that aren't integrated into the site. But I, I don't have any negative feelings about doing it online anymore. I think that there, I can think of more pros than cons it feels like you you can sorry you can correct me if i'm yeah. wrong but just as like just as the novice that's kind of like looking in here it sounds like it'd be very restricting just because of how much imagination and customization you can put into something like this and then you just kind of are at the mercy of you know whatever well, it is the website has let me you you're saying you feel the website play would be restrictive right yeah yep. mm -hmm. let, 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 let me let me give you a description of the two things as i remember them it's been a long time since i've sat down at a table but you sit it, believe me i miss sitting down at a table i'd love to sit down at a table with these guys every week um you get to eat snacks together that would be mm. cool instead of watching Andy consume a whole bag of chips and <laughs> hearing. Uh, yeah. uh, that's cool. Um, there's a lot more. I feel like there's a, there was a lot more distraction when you were sitting at a table. Mm. Uh, you, were in, you were in a room, and if something was going on outside the window, or if somebody was fucking around on the other side of the table, mm. uh, it, it would distract and take you out of the game. And... And I, I don't know, sometimes it's more work to make physical things than it is digital things. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so, so the tabletop experience is cool because you're actually with your friends. But this is how I describe the online experience. It's, to me, it's really fucking intense. You, you got, you got, you're right in everyone's ears. You can play, I don't think Brian mentioned this, but you could play all kinds of sound effects music to to things that make people jump out of mm. their skin kind of sounds you know foley like sound effects um you uh can provide people with handouts and information pretty easily you could you can talk secretly to people that's mm. a nice plus uh sometimes you have to tell just one character something that the others don't know about oh, true. you just send them like uh, a direct chat or something that they yeah, can there's a way to whisk. There's a, you just do a whisper command, yeah, yeah, yeah. and only that person sees your chat. Nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it's and I don't miss the table either because it, you know you can do all the things on the virtual tabletop that you could do on a. I mean, on the traditional one, you'd have a map, an erasable map, and you'd have to get markers out and draw mm. shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm so tuned into this online thing now. I think it would be a shock to go back almost as far as preparation. Oh, yeah. I, think, I would I love to do it. You know, I'd love to do it, but the preparation of a real game would be so weird now. I think there's a testament too to these guys, to Matt, the way that these guys are designing games. Like if you were, you know, you remember, like think of a map and then there's all these hexagons and then you're going into a cave and it's like, what's the order? Who's standing in front of who? And mm. then you can only tell, go this many spaces forward. And you know what I mean? So when you eliminate some of those mechanics of the game, like these guys have, it becomes more about verbally the imp improvisation of what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish. So some of those mechanics that, lend itself towards tabletop we're not even doing in a lot of the gaming anymore. I, I can't say too much about it because of pr proprietary, you know, protections, but like, <laughs> you know, having like a, a visual of this is the environment that we're in. Here's the music that's playing. Here's the sound effect. Uh-oh, here's a picture of so-and-so. You're face-to-face -face with them. And then so, so that becomes like what the game is rather than like some of these like mechanical elements of moving a, you know, a miniature around or something like that. So sure. we've also played to the strengths of what online has and, and not trying to make it something that it doesn't do well. For sure. Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, a lot of what happens in a role-playing game is happening in your imagination. Um, 
and so in that way, it doesn't really matter if you're on virtual or uh, you know in a physical tabletop because you're it's just going on in our minds, right? Um, a lot of a lot of games rely more on physical map miniatures, those kinds of things. That's that's a has a long history in this in this hobby, and there's a lot of games like that, and they're a lot of fun. Um, and in that way, I think maybe being able to move things around physically and everyone can see them in three dimensions, all of that. There's probably a, an advantage of being in person, but those just aren't the kind of games we've been playing in the past few years, you know? Um, and so I don't miss that part of it at all. And I, I agree with John, there's a lot of advantages of, of being able to work with, you know, your own kind of monitor, your own system and the, the sounds, the images, everything like that. It's um, so, yeah, I, I, for me, the, the digital thing is it's, it's not, it's not very important at all in terms of like, mm -hmm. you know, what's different, different about it. Um, I think the thing I miss the most about being in person is just, being in person with friends, right? And then just, mm -hmm. and making oh, people and watch me eat lots of food. Yeah, just to completely backpedal, um, I uh, I love the online platform that we use generally and just, you know, all the different yeah. ways that we go about all the different things. It's just that I wish we could do even more, you know? Yeah, I get We I run get. into little physical limitations all the time mm -hmm. and we just make do in whatever way we can and it always flies, but it is awesome. It's, it's, yeah, when, when, I really sit back and think about shit we're doing on there. It's pretty amazing, even though mm -hmm. it doesn't work perfectly and we bitch about things. It's really yep. good. And and uh, we play on a site called Roll20, and it's free, right? You guys haven't... I have right? a minor subscription just to help them okay. out. And Sometimes if you're the G... I subscribe. The, the ones of us that are regularly GMing have bought subscriptions probably mostly because there's memory limitations to what you can upload. Yeah. yeah. But it's very minimal. And Can't there are a lot of minimal. sites like Roll20. I mean, there, there's a ton of them out there. Um, we've, we've found some other ones, and um, but there's a, there's a bunch. And the other huge thing to be aware of, too, in this scene is, like, there's this whole phenomenon of streaming where mm -hmm. people people will stream their games and professional voice actors, professional actors now playing D&D &D or other games, they have huge followings and now they're getting deals to do, you know, other kinds of media. And I mean, that's that's a huge thing that's taken off maybe in the past five years or more. Like I think Critical Role is like the biggest one. Yeah, That's like a whole other phenomenon that's happened. And people will watch people play role-playing games. Like that yeah. never happened. Like if you, if you told someone back in the, in the 90s that was going to sit around and watch you play a role-playing game they would laugh right but now people were like they're fan fans of the the groups that play this stuff online and it's like a just watching role-playing games is like a thing mm -hmm. it's amazing andy andy they have events where they go to a city and you watch them live yeah. play a game yeah. wow sure yeah yeah so it, because they're like yeah. celebrities in this small community well i don't i don't even yeah. know how big this community is it's not I, so that these small. are uh, these are fully custom made, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, or is campaign? How would what would you call like uh, when you make the game from scratch and you have like your own personal story and everything? Like, what would you call? It? Is there a word for? It? I was gonna call it like a campaign. I don't know if that's like anywhere remotely close or not, but it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. like a like you an, went, like an there's, over, there's designing good. An overarching story within a game is usually called a campaign, I believe. Oh, nice. Andy, nailed it. Fucking nailed it, guys. Andy. Got it. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there are game designers who design like a game system, right? Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, these, this is the set of rules we're going to use to play this game. This is the theme of this game. And it's a whole coherent system like Dungeons & Dragons or Call of Cthulhu or any number of games. And then within those games, you can design a campaign or a one-off story so there's like there's the element of like taking someone's system and creating your own story to play within that system and then there's the element of maybe you want to design an entire game system yourself right and that's what mm. john has done he's created a couple of games so far where it's like the entire system it's like a whole theme and this is what we're going to do in this game this is what the, the characters do this is what the players do this is what we all do and then within that then Brian was mentioning before how he really started taking off as a game master. He would run campaigns or stories within that system that John had created. So that's what a cool thing about role playing is that you know you can you don't have to actually author the rules system, but you can author um, an entirely novel story within that rule system, right? So there's different ways of thinking it. about it. 
You could be a D&D for the next generation, John. Let's get it, man. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's cool because he basically is of a mind of, let's remove anything that isn't fun, to us, mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there's going to be some percentage of people that would feel like us, and they'd, they'd love his games, for sure. Um, we turn them into a particular thing because we're a sick group of <laughs> immature, you know. <laughs> well, you guys are really... Sure. All my wife says. Right, speak for yourselves, guys. He, all right, you know. <laughs> he just hears. He just hears me laughing all night, every Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. I, we just we laugh yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, we do. Yeah, good. That's, I hear it's healthy for you. Yeah, it's a good that's, thing. that's one of the things that's changed a lot. It, um, when I first started doing this, and even when some of us met and started doing it, we would try to. Okay, this is a serious game. It's oh, really yeah. scary. You could die. <laughs> You know, and, and and that still can happen. There can be a fear of death. There can be serious parts, but it's less and less so because we, we finally played a game called Dying Earth that, that had some humor built into it. And yeah. ever since that game, no matter what we play, we've just rolled with the humor and made it work. Mm. And we've even played scary Cthulhu games where you can die around every corner. but. The humor is still there. Yeah. That's one of the th ways I think we've improved a lot is we just yeah. embrace that part of having fun is laughing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, we like surprising each other. We like creating. We like laughing. We like making each other laugh. So Since, since you brought that up, let me ask you this. Um, good question that popped in my head. How do you, um, if you're going to create like a, you know, a custom game from scratch, um, kind of like you do, how do you balance something like that where you have the possibility of someone's character dying? Like, where do you draw the line where, because like, for me, being like a total novice, I could see the situation of like, you gotta land this roll, right? <laughs> you gotta like land this dice roll or you're gonna fucking die. Like, are there bailouts to that? Like, are there always something like someone else could maybe jump in and do? Like, how do you, how do you handle something like that as far as balancing you know the potential death of a character because i imagine that sucks especially if it's like right early into the into the campaign you know yeah. and someone's just out that's that's obviously no fun so well i'll say that um you can definitely i mean you'll see a different feel when it comes to that particularly in different mm -hmm. games there's yeah. a very dangerous game and okay. you will feel like you really accomplished something if you <laughs> fucking survive, you know. Okay. And then there's lots of games, games that are already established that other people created that everybody plays or where there are things in place. A couple, you know, a couple chips you could turn in, mm -hmm. you know, so that yeah. you you undo it's, that role. Or... It's 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 a very crucial part of any game is how you're gonna treat death and how you're gonna make the story continue and the game continue. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. it sounds like um they have their expectations though like right out there for you so you you know going into it like this is going to be an intense game where you can yeah. potentially die like at any point or you might have some leeway that's well, well for instance i mean an interesting mix of the two is a game that i had never heard of but it's been around since what probably the 80s i think called paranoia yeah and i think i've heard of that game yeah, everybody, you know, anybody could have because it has literally been around for, what, 40 <laughs> years? Um, yeah, it's pretty old. And it is set up so that you're in a dystopian, humorous sort of future. Like, it's, and you're, basically, you're going to die, and you're going to be a clone of the first person, you know, as the per the character that you started as. So uh -huh. that's yeah, you just... totally rolled into, you know, mm -hmm. and there's certain mechanics that happen when you die and just you know so there's different ways that it can be taken care of and it can also in a game where it is dangerous and maybe there isn't any any like second chance tokens or or you've already used them or whatever it can totally come down to the gm the gm i'm an easy gm the game that i like to run that i play with these guys i i just kind of let them do whatever they want because it's fun as hell so, you know, it's just, it comes down to a mindset of what type of gaming do you want to do? Do you want to do hard, fast? Were we able to use these numbers and mechanics to make it work? Or did we play it loosey-goosey and have a whole lot of fun and laugh? It just com completely depends on what you want to do. Another thing that pops in my head here. No, sorry. Here, go ahead, Andy. I'll let you, I'll go after you. No, just to follow up on Brian, I think that's a super important point is that 
it depends on what's fun, right? I mean, if, if, mm-hmm. if the threat of death is fun for you, then that could be a fun game. And typically games where you're gonna, you could die quickly, the character creation aspect is pretty quick so you can get back into the game, right? If it, yeah. if it takes you a whole day, a session to create a character, dying means a lot because you got to go back into the drawing board. But I was just yeah. listening to a, a panel session. I listened to podcasts about game design. So, and they're talking about this idea of like, character uh, of player agency and so and it's become a much bigger thing now where players want to be able to control the fate of their characters for them that's fun it's not necessarily fun to take that choice away from them so their games now and then they've been around for a while but now it's like a whole theme of being able to say okay this just happened to your character and the characters and the player says well actually no that didn't happen to my character let's rewind and they rewind together and they say okay actually this is what happened and there's some cost to that mechanically in the game but by making that choice and saying, this is the direction I want my character to go in, you're authoring that story along with the rest of the group. And so if that's fun for you, if you think that's fun, then that's a great way to play. Some people may not like that. So. John goes I'm not surprised down. that John would like that, but that's like a whole thing. People, you know, characters having more, or players having more agency and choice in what their characters do. Yeah. To me, that's like watching a movie when you know no one's going to die, so you don't care about the movie. So I hate that. But yes, I, I understand that people like all different things. Um, w- one more thing on the death thing. I just had a few thoughts. Um, one, one thing that you can do as a GM, there's other ways to be defeated other than dying. You can cripple people. You mm-hmm. can have them knocked out. You can have them be captured. So if it's, if it's too early in the story and someone is defeated, you can kind of finagle it that way. And then another thing that we've done when we we still dabble in Cthulhu from time to time. And in my opinion, that game always has to be human people who are frail, who may die. And so commonly we'll just pick up a non-player character that's been around. If if you die, you just you just start running somebody else. Hmm. And so we we just keep playing, you know. I was going to ask, um, is the rules around, like, potentially um, turning on your party or something, like, just to be a dick, is that outlined, like, before the game even starts? Like, is that in the based in the rules where, like, no, this is not a possibility? Like, is there always that, like, one guy that just wants to be an asshole, you know, and just, like, totally turns on the party just to, like, fuck everyone? Yeah, oh, uh, they're, they're, he's pointing to you, John. <laughs> no, well, for me, I was Andy, oh, oh, John and Andy are getting called out here. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just being an asshole, of course. <laughs> um, uh, it's, I mean, it, it completely depends on the game. Well, I was going to actually bring up that there is a difference also, another just feel of the type of game that's fun to you, the difference between totally nothing but cooperative play and mm. competitive play for the most part we've done almost exclusively cooperative play to the point where in one game we are literally all possessing the same body <laughs> and running it together and uh other games but recently we played where we were pretty much against each other you know we what was well I'm, i don't know why i'm blanking on what it actually was but what was the last thing we did where oh well i mean in yeah in your newest game where Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, but, in your newest yeah. game, we pretty much are kind of competing yeah. with each well, other. Well, I was gonna say these guys, all of us, and we're missing one of our group, but all five of us, except Andy, are really nice people. And now, all five of us are, are there. I notice as a GM to get conflict out of the characters, I have to bake it in somehow because. Mm. Mm-hmm. everyone's just naturally good and, and and likes each other so a lot of our games have that baked in where uh your character might secretly hate this guy and the other characters don't know about it and i just put that in the private notes to the one character mm-hmm. um and, yeah and then, then there's other instances where it's just baked into the whole idea of the game is that you're you're trying to do things that are opposed to each other Developing some opportunists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but it's, it's never like a, it's never we, we never have the problem with like it's like we're supposed to be doing this thing together and someone's being a dick. We don't we mm. intentionally well, but are before dicks. before this gang came together, we had a guy like that in our 
in our in-person days. And so that's true. I feel like I feel like I had many years of that experience where there was like <laughs> one guy who just uh, yeah. was, like all joking aside, he just he wanted he wanted to get the gold or kill the thing and he was always a dick to everybody and and really butted heads and it was it wasn't that fun. I mean sometimes it was, but um again it it's wholly depends on who you're playing with, right? Like and, and that's and why we if say like in, if they're inserting it into a game that's not supposed to have anything like that. Hmm. Right. right. It, it was hard to wrangle these two people. They were like complete opposite. They always butted heads. They always fucked my games up. (laughs) It's weird when these games turn serious and it really has only happened once with us and I won't mention that time. But, uh, but, but back in the day, it would happen every couple months where someone would really get pissed (laughs) and like storm out of the room and, and those two, oh, okay. the one, the, the guy, the guy Andy's talking about, they they always hated each other. Really, <laughs> they, they got they got along. Yeah, but they, it's like they alcohol; just, it's not bringing out anything yeah. that wasn't already there. You know? Yeah. Well, at, yeah. at least they're walking around the room. I was expecting, you know, like bodies will are actually breaking the table you're playing on. <laughs> People getting suplexed yeah. through the mansion. You know, I, I'm sure that's happened, but not we have, we have <laughs> not in this group, right? No. <laughs> well guys we are um we're about at time so if there's anything that you'd like to share whether it's um you know anything based on your uh custom games you've made or any lasting or not lasting what the fuck is wrong with me yeah was he's catching up man and it's um that that last solo episode fucking killed me last night, dude. Saying I'm doing that thing, my brain is yeah. it's not working right now. Um, but any any last comments you'd like to throw out there? Just floor is yours. Go for it before we before we wrap up. Sure. And and all do it at the same time. So like it, it sounds like a cluster. So it's like our noise. normal gaming sessions. <laughs> I think you should consider gaming with us one of these Wednesdays and having us back on the podcast at some time in the future. Right. Where you could talk about your experience, maybe. That and, sounds and good. And you, you could describe to your audience what it is like to do this online. It's a good idea. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Put them on the spot there. No, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. it opened <laughs> my mind. It, it opened my eyes to the uh, to the entire process, and it'll be good. Be a good learning experience, if nothing else. Yeah, I'd Take say three hours. Easy. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, I'd say for anybody getting into it, like uh, at one point you asked about, I can't remember what it was, but I started thinking, you know, like the way that John has, has with a couple games he's created, tried to eliminate things that aren't fun and whatnot. Unfortunately, that took a lot of experience with what all types of mechanics are out there. He's literally cherry picked very important things to keep the things that have to be there that, or, or that are fun or whatever and then changed whatever he didn't like to be exactly what you want. So there's role-playing gaming, there's getting into whatever system, there's different types that you like, whether it's all the numbers and the rolling, and I got a critical hit and I got him in the face or whatever it is, or completely more just fluidly improvising and having very simple mechanics describe generally what happened. Now you, fill in the details is another way to go about it but you know it it takes trying something to see what you like about it what you don't like about it and you know going from there basically is the face always a critical hit i would say yeah <laughs> yeah face right. is probably a critical hit one thing everyone can agree on face is always shot marvin in the face <laughs> that was a critical hit. <laughs> uh yeah i yeah. would just say um you want to go andy no, go ahead, Dave. So, he's he's got to he's got to close this. You, you go. Paul. <laughs> yeah, I would. For me, as somebody who's newer to this stuff than these guys, I would say to any of your listeners, like, really try and latch on to people that you can find who are into tabletop, who are into RPG. I've had a lot of friends over the years. Like, I had a friend who got really into his sobriety and had to like figure out something to do with his time. And now he is so deep into a lot of the wargaming stuff and the miniatures, whether it's the Cuban uh, Revolution or, or whatever. And he's like, 
he, he's the guy up in, in Brooklyn that's an like expert on this stuff now. And other other times it's an opportunity just to like, I know it sounds kind of weird, but like as, a, as an older guy, it's kind of hard to make friends, honestly. So like, like meeting people over this medium of like, whether it's, uh, yeah, gaming regularly, it's, it makes a huge, huge difference just for your like social well-being. So latch on to people who are um, enthusiastic about it, learn as much as you can, and, and keep moving around to figure out what the genre is that you like. Because I think this stuff is, um, is, really, is really healthy and fun and doesn't hurt anybody and just going to get the, the creative juices flowing. And um, yeah, so I, it's, it's an opportunity for a lot of fun. I'll drink to that, man. Top that. <laughs> Top that, Andy. I can't. Uh, my, I, I my, can't the green skin makes my makes my drink invisible. It's just like <laughs> liquid floating in midair. I'm a magician on top of being a pirate, apparently. <laughs> All right, Andy, close this out, buddy. Let's go. Let's hear it. Well, Epic I mean, close out. I think I would say you know, there's a generation of people that grew up with this stuff, and. A lot of us are playing it because of how magical it was when we were kids, you know, and yeah. like we're just we're trying to keep living that magic. And, you know, in some ways we can. And there's, there's a new generation of folks that are just discovering it and they're finding like new ways to enjoy it. And it's just, you know, it's about imagination. It's about creating and, and like like everyone's saying, you know, being with your friends and creating a story together, which, you know, you can't really get get much better than that. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say just kind of seconding what the other guys were saying is it's you can find a lot of different reasons to play these games there's a lot there's a lot of different ways people enjoy it you know and i think people might get scared away because they think i have to be theatrical and you know all of that you don't have to i mean a lot, a lot of a lot of people just you know describe in the third person what their character is doing and that's totally fine so um i i've always thought um this is one of the most versatile art forms out there and you can really do so much with it and have fun with it in all kind of different ways so um i think no matter who you are it's worth at least giving yes. it a try you know that's the first time that someone's called it an art form and we should have been saying that all night because i believe oh, that's yeah. what it is too we've been calling it a oh, hobby yeah it's, it's it. one of the most it's one of the most uh one of the youngest art forms you figure it started in whatever 1970 five or whatever it was um so it's very young and that's that's why we're still you know trying to figure out it's it's evolving so quickly you know there's so many different ways it's changing just like year to year it's because it's so young uh, and it's going to keep yeah. evolving which is really Andy, you're thinking of 1977 <laughs> thank you dates hey. <laughs> <laughs> thank you that might stick. thank you professor <laughs> no that's um I'm I'm 100% behind you guys because honestly, there's so much that can go into these games, from from the imagination of the story to the game mechanics. I, I'm sure there's just you know a ton a ton that goes into it. And you mentioned the streamers that are you know um, really big about it. I could totally see it. I mean, like why would that not be entertaining if you have someone that has this amazing story and you've got all these awesome voice actors doing the voices for the characters you know i could totally get behind that but um i i am one of those guys you mentioned that's a little bit timid when it comes to kind of like it is rp on you know <laughs> you know just kind of like voicing out the character things and when i played with uh when i played with john it was it, it was fun though like i didn't get any pressure you know i, get, yeah. I didn't get any like you know oh you gotta gotta really get into it you know i just did enough to get by and it was it was all good we had a good time um but yeah guys it's been awesome it's been really fun we gotta do this again yeah, i'll dude. go on a i'll go on an online uh tabletop journey with you one of these days and we'll and we'll come back and i'm gonna reflect on this on, on this journey very yep. cool conversation yep thank you thank you for um sharing your experience thank you for everything you contribute contributed tonight and to all the listeners out there you know don't be a stranger let us know like what tabletop games you like you do the online thing or the traditional you know give us a share give us a like give us a subscribe if you'd like and until the next time game on <laughs>